it out y'all <laughs> okay i, I kind of like went off topic last uh, episode so we're gonna continue i'm gonna be doing some side stories here and there just to make it more interesting i don't want it to just be one straightforward story and everything we'll be going back and forth so yeah i told you guys about how i read the contract and i just realized that i was out of a label really like i spent a couple of months just being on a label that i wasn't really on so uh when question mark did their you know they did their rebranding and everything they had some context uh, uh contacts and uh, some little shows here and then and everything but i'd had enough because i was like okay it was good while it lasted, but I, I, th- I was thinking to myself, it's time to move on, man, because I was getting crazy. I was getting gray hairs, you know. I, I, I saw one gray strand in my beard, and I was like, man, it's not even yet time, man. So um, I got a call from, my, I think, uh, the new manager. He, his name was Shola. Nice guy, nice guy, nice gentleman. And there was this also this other lady called Shilm. She was a very lovely lady. Very lovely, lovely. So they called me like, oh, we have a meeting, a question mark meeting on Wednesday. Uh, we would like you to come and, uh, you know, so that we can rebrand and tell you the new concepts that we are working on for you. And I was like, yo, bro, slow your roll. I'm not interested. I'm not on your label. I've read the contract and my contract states that I'm a free agent, so peace out. See ya, never wanna be ya. And later on that afternoon, I think the girl called me, she was, she was really nice. She was like, Motan, please, where do you live? I can come and visit you. I have some things for you to sign and everything, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, listen, Shion, you're a good person, right? But I'm not interested. I was like, I'm not interested now. I just, I told her exactly what she was getting into and how everything seems to be all proper and all official now but after a while things will fall apart and she didn't believe me anyhow the guy called me again uh, please we need to see you we need i said listen bro what part of i'm not on the i've read my contract i'm not on the label i'm not on the label anymore man i'm i'm out you know i said what part of that you know didn't you you know understand the first time when i explained it to you the guy now came <laughs> he, he wanted to use the oldest trick in the book he now said mood nine we have multi guinness shows we have six multi guinness shows for you each show they're going to pay you 400k i was like wow 400k 400 times c's ah that's good money good money you know how i love money but thank you thank you thank you very much i don't want not worth the stress because after that 2.4 million if he give me 0.4 collect (laughs) once beaten twice i was like nah bro nah bro nah bro i don't did it don't did it made up my mind nah bro nah bro (laughs) so i told him i said listen Give the shows to Street Marks, Silver, 
Anena. Don't you think you're neglecting those guys? Those guys are part of question. Mark. Give them the shows now. They'll kill it now. I know these guys. These guys are talented. Give them the shows. Me, I'm out. Peace. One time. So, yeah, they did call and uh, try to get me back. But I was like, listen, listen. We have to renegotiate my contract. I want 20 million. If you want to uh, sign me for two years, I want 20 million a year. And I put my foot down. I wasn't even joking. I wanted 20 million a year, man. That's 40 million for two years. And I'll drop two albums for them. 40 million. You know, what really triggered all this was when I was told to walk, work on my second album. And I wrote down the list of all the producers I wanted to use. And this time, I said, the producers are going to get paid because a pluribus uno most of the producers that were okay Cobams produced a whole bunch of, of songs when he was still signed to the label so yeah those Cobam songs they were like label stuff but the other producers Jar Mix and Co and everything nobody got paid they did it out of love Jonah the Monarch everybody they did it out of love they gave me beats everyone was like hustling to give me beats but I wanted my producers to get paid Kraft Kraft produced Africa produced um uh, politics and lies he did all those tracks for free he didn't, he didn't get paid so i'm like i don't blame elajo like elajo was supposed to produce on the album but elajo was like mode tell kevin to drop money i don't, I don't blame elajo for asking for money it's business so i was like listen all these producers have to get paid and i was told that uh wait 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 we don't have money now this, this, this that's that was one of the reasons why i bounced i was like man i can't go back and forth with this you know I can't take it no more. Lord, me can't take it no more. Me can't take it no more. Me can't take it no more. <laughs> so that's how I just, I decided to give myself some time to cool off because, uh, you know, just leaving a label and everything. But it was a quiet step aside. It was a Babangida step aside, an IBB step aside type of thing, you know? It wasn't a. Uh, an aggressive go to the media backbite tell stories and everything fight I, I was still good with everybody man like me and kevin we still saw after that and it was all love you know that's what i do i try to people might say yeah you're being timid you're being this you're being that but what i try to do is i try to maintain our relationship because my dad told me a long time ago it's like when you leave a place, never slam the door because if you slam the door, you're gonna jam it. You might wanna use that door one day. And if you jam that door, you probably won't be able to. So what I do is I close the door, you know, nice and soft. So another day in future, I might wanna use that same door. So everything was copacetic. No Bojangle, but everything was copacetic back then. So I left 2008, me and Sage sitting down, chilling i remember one time me and sage we did this double date thing right <laughs> i don't mention the name of the girl that sage took out right? i i got one there was a girl that i just saw in sri Liri. i just started talking to her and i was like hey you want to go watch movie and then, then sage had his own girl right we went what Omo? this girl she chopped full meal for where barcelos full meal that was at the galleria full meal chop them we reached M Cafe, chop ice cream. After she chopped ice cream, she saw one guy passing with big fish. Now says she wants to chop fish. Eh? <laughs> Only you want. The girl that I took, she could barely finish 
we actually ordered one meal together and she couldn't even eat whether she was forming or not but yeah she she didn't even finish it she was very quiet you know this other girl then when it was time for us to go and watch the movie guess who started sleeping after eating ice cream full bachelor's meal chicken chips a uh, big bottle of Sprite, <laughs> ice cream, <laughs> wanted to eat fish. Guess she started sleeping. The midway, she just got up. Give me transport money. I'm going back to uni. Like, ah, thank you. Do you know what? I have several stories like this, but that's not. What, this is not really what the podcast supposed to be about. But I might just tell a few, a few, <laughs> just a few funny stories. So yeah, we chilled out, me and Sage, we just, you know, trying to plan our next move. We did some tracks. Uh, I did My Skin Is Black. You see, when I went to go and shoot a video, the video that, imagine, the day Jimmy Jack almost lost his life. I'm so happy that Jimmy Jack is still doing his thing. That's one of the best guys that I've actually worked with. I was shooting a video called uh, Hip Hop. This was in 2008. Shout out to Tosi Eagle. He shot the video. And we're doing it on a Colossal Entertainment's rooftop. And the elevator was faulty. I didn't. Tr- I don't trust elevators, so I always took the stairs. And it was like to the top 15th story, right? But Jimmy Jack was coming with his equipment. So Jimmy Jack, I think he got to the elevator, right? It went up by itself. So he got there and then he just realized he forgot one bag. He went, he could have gone in, but he just left his bag. Like, if I'm lying, I'm flying. You can ask Jimmy Jack. He went back to go and get something. And by the time he came back, vroom, the elevator dropped. Bam! We, we were on the 15th floor on the rooftop and we heard the noise. Shout out to Mendo. And we're like, what's that? I hope nobody was in the elevator. Thank God nobody was in the elevator. We had to bring Jimmy Jack's stuff up by you know stairs and i was just all that while dj steve i've forgotten his other name something steve something steve yeah he was a very it was the smallest dj it was in the video if you go on youtube and check the video hip-hop you see a dj with jimmy the only two djs jimmy jack and then steve they all came i gave them t-shirts hip-hop t-shirts we shot the video. Emmanuel Ogoli was in the video. Triple X from uh, Big Brother Niger that time. He was in the video. Tito Simos was in the video. Kraft was in the video. Terry the Rabman was there. It was like trusted, a couple of trusted people that I, you know, that I dealt with in the industry. Not real industry cats, but people that were around me at that point in time. Shout out to Tosin Eagle. He did a really good job, a brilliant job. So, after the video shoot, right, there were area boys downstairs. I like, ah, now I'm gonna die with the wait for our boy, leave that story. She more nice today. Every single body left, but these area boys were down there waiting for me. I didn't even know. Because we snuck in. We just came in and then they found out that I, I don't know who told them that I was shooting a video. I think Jimmy Jack gave them some money when he was leaving. Shout out to Jimmy Jack once again. I mean, we gotta, we gotta tell the stories of Styly. We gotta tell the stories of... All the stuff I did with Jimmy Jack, how no, Mode 9 Jimmy Jack is another episode, it's a whole episode. So, you know, get ready for that one. But we thank God for Jimmy Jack. Every morning I wake up and I think of that video, I always thank God for Jimmy Jack. Now, after we finished the shooting the video, Mendo took me to the studio, Colossal Entertainment Studio. They had a studio there and he was playing me some beats. 
So he played me this particular beat. And I was like, wow, this beat is hard. And I was at my, my skill is black beat. I think it was made by Bigfoot. It was made by Bigfoot. But we got it just because Mendo played it for me and gave it to me. I thought Mendo made the beat. So the uh, I gave the credit to the wrong person, which was sad. Like Bigfoot is a really, like that's one of the best producers I know too. Like he plays, he samples, he does everything. And he's very humble. That's the most important thing. You have to be humble. So Bigfoot didn't raise, you know, he, he didn't. But I had to just let people know that Bigfoot did that. I think Bigfoot did that. So yeah, the My Skin Is Black that track. But I think he did it with Mendo. Like it was a co-production thing. Yeah. So I took the beat home. I loved the beat so much. Wrote the My Skin Is Black track. Sampled some Martin Luther King, and I got Sage to do some spoken word on it. And boom. And this was 2008. You know, later on, I guess later on in 2000, I think 17 or so, 18, when Jay-Z put his own uh, story of OJ, same beat. And I was just joking. Hey, man, great minds think alike. Now, my own Nigeria shows how much Nigerians hate Mode 9. Like, I know people don't me like that. I know they don't really like me because I raised the bar. I know. I know a lot of people, they're just waiting for the next, like, half step. And then they pounce on me. But they haven't been, there hasn't been too much. Because every little bad, little bad thing that happens, they magnify it. So they just started like blogs that refused, blogs refused to to say to to publish anything about me. It's like jumping on it, man. So I wish all of you guys can go to hell and burn for eternity, man. I wish the worst things for you guys, man, for doing that, for being idiots. But yeah, forget about that. So yeah, that track became a track that you know. I got a call from BBC and they said they want to use it. And they used it. It was so lovely, man. We we're doing our thing. We were recording. We recorded. I was recording at my own pace. I went to South Africa. I was a judge for Sprite MC Africa. I was a judge here. And they invited us to South Africa. We were the overall judges. And yeah, we had Wordsworth from uh, New York. I think he's from New York. Yes. I remember him selling me an EMC CD. That time, it, the joint just dropped. And I really loved that album. That album was super dope. So he was a judge. Uh, for those hip-hop heads that remember Punchlines and Wordsworth, they did that uh, song with uh, Tribe Called Quest years ago, about almost two decades ago. I think it was two decades ago. Yeah, him. Legendary MC, Wordsworth, freestyles like mad. It was mad fun in South Africa. That's a whole episode on its own. Because a lot happened in SA, man. Especially when I was I was just chilling in the club, you know. I, I felt comfortable. You know, I didn't have a bunch of people with me protecting me. So I was just chilling. And then some dude just walks up to me and say, Hey, brother, brother, give me money, ne. Give me money, ne. You from Nigeria. Nigeria got money. Give me money. And I was like, man, buzz off. Make like a B and buzz off. I ain't got nothing for you, bro. I got mad stories about, you know, South Africa. I could make a whole episode of six episodes about South Africa, but I'll leave that till next week. Peace.